course creators. My name is Rachel Recklum, and I want to welcome you to Train Thrive Growth, where we share online learning and training tips for small businesses who want to make an impact in their business through learner-centered design. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So on this week's show, we have a special guest with us, Marielle Davis. And Marielle is a Brisbane-based creative entrepreneur and mother. She's a brand stylist who has always been really into fashion and trends and today has translated that into a career helping creative entrepreneurs design beautiful brands that really speak to the essence of what they want to bring to the market with their unique personalities and visions. So she loves being involved in the process of bringing a business owner's vision to life, creating something really special. I'm really excited for you guys to hear our conversation. We talk about a huge range of stuff from what makes a strong brand to what are some mistakes and kind of pitfalls, things to avoid when you're first developing your brand, how you can incorporate your brand throughout email marketing, and just a lot of good stuff. Marielle also shares with us some fun things that she has coming up in her business. So I can't wait for you guys to hear our conversation. All right. Hi, Marielle. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. Um, Let's get started. So first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and who you serve and what your business is? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'm a brand stylist um, and I started this business recently after working with a number of startups and, uh, and bigger businesses in Queensland. Um, so what I do mainly is workshop with um, women in business to really um, figure out their brand identity and what makes them unique within the marketplace. And from there, we can sort of develop a bit of a visual strategy that's really going to give them the strong branding that they need to give them that competitive edge and really speak to their target market. So originally, my target market was, I guess, beauty brands, swimwear and activewear, um, because that was my background and the businesses that I'd worked for. And as things went along, I realised that it's more about the mental kind of place that a businesswoman has gotten to that kind of makes up my target market. So it's really about women who have come to a point within their entrepreneurial journey. They have realised they can't do everything and they need a little bit of help just with their visual strategy and their overall brand identity. Um, And that's the people that I can really, um, really help. Okay, awesome. Well, that sounds great. When you were kind of getting started, so how did you how did you first get into entrepreneurship? Kind of by accident almost. So it um it started with when I was working for my last job before I went on maternity leave and I was due to go back, you know, at the start of the year and I got the call saying that unfortunately I had been made redundant and um uh, I was working for a small design agency and the um, the agency and um, we lost our biggest kind of contract. It was kind of a hostile takeover and someone outbid them. So the account that I was mainly on, yeah, unfortunately lost that one. So um, I started to have a little think about what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I considered, you know, obviously going back to work and working part-time or working full-time, really, you know, pouring myself into something else. And, I realized I kind of, it was time to do something for myself and to be the one kind of driving change in other people's businesses and kind of being the leader of that change as opposed to working for somebody else and, and following their lead. And I felt that I'd 
I'd had enough experience now that it was time to take that next step. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sort of what, um, what started everything. Okay. Yeah. I love that. It's a good way to turn what's I'm sure like a very stressful, difficult situation into something that you love doing. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, definitely. Now when we talk about branding, so I feel like there's definitely some misconceptions around what the idea of branding is. So when you're talking to people who are maybe new entrepreneurs who are just getting started with developing their businesses or developing a personal brand, what are some common misconceptions you hear about branding? Yeah. So one of the things that a lot of people um, approach me about is they need a logo and they need it ASAP. And um, and that's great. And I totally understand the need to you know, get on and get this business happening as soon as possible. But it's not actually great for your brand and for the long term kind of vision of your business. And so one of the misconceptions is that a logo or a singular item makes up branding when in fact, it can be all number of things. It's more about the way that Um, your communications and your strategy um, differentiates yourself from the competitors and really communicates directly to your target market. So I can't really pin it down to one thing. So it's not, you know, it's not a logo. It's not, um, it's not typography. It's, it could be any number of things. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also kind of like the sum total of those things, right? Like the overall look and feel of when someone's interacting with your brand. Yes, exactly. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so it's about kind of understanding that overall look and feel and that art direction that you want to take and what components are going to make it up for that specific situation. Right. I guess maybe something else too. I think your brand doesn't have to stay the exact same the entire time you're in business. It's not like if you pick the wrong color pink when you're first starting out, you're stuck with it forever. Yeah, so it is an evolution. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the important thing it's, yeah, it's not just understanding those visual elements, but understanding your identity. Mm. And if that identity is changing, how are you going to evolve and what elements need to change to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, when, you, uh, when you're talking to someone who is just developing a brand, what are some maybe questions you ask, things you think about when you want them to start figuring out what that identity is? Yeah, so the first thing, it always comes back to, what do you want? So it's such a simple question, but what do you want from this business? And what do you want from this branding? So, and sometimes people, they don't actually realize like they sort of, they know there's an issue, but they're not entirely sure maybe what the root of that is or how they're actually feeling at that time and why they're doing this. And it's become more of a, maybe I should get this done or, you know, that's why they've, they've approached me where it's, some like sometimes it does go back to those simple questions it sometimes they're not always ready to dive in like they need to take some time mm-hmm. um have a little think about things um and really develop their own identity so i yeah i do use a number of resources little workbooks and things to help them out if they're in that place um and not everyone is some people do have a clear idea of um you know who they want to be as opposed to who they are now mm-hmm. Yes, it just depends where they are kind of um, in that journey. Makes sense. And what do you think about like figuring out who it is you're talking to, like that kind of your ideal client piece? How does that fit into developing your brand identity? 
Yeah. So one of the workbooks that I have has this section on yeah, your ideal client and your customer. So it can it goes back to understanding them maybe as one person. So I have a you know a client profile sheet and we go through what their likes are, what their dislikes are, you know, like their coffee order or whatever is kind of relevant to that audience. Do they like, you know, perfume? Could you describe them in a perfume or a scent or just really creative ideas to get really behind the mentality of that that customer and to really deeply understand them. So once they've kind of got that happening, then we can move into other questions such as, um, you know, what are their needs and what are they looking for by um, approaching that particular customer and trying to marry up kind of what they're looking for with what the, um, the brand can um, provide. I like the way you, you frame that, how you can kind of go through and really get to know who that person is and how that should be reflected in your branding. Now, what do you think are some, maybe, uh, what are some mistakes you see people make with branding? Well, like, what should we avoid? So one of the big ones I've been talking about this week, actually, on social media is the use of Canva. And Canva, using Canva is not actually a mistake. And like, I actually love that platform. And yeah, some designers are really against it because, you know, it's giving people the tools to use graphic design. But one of the mistakes that I do see with Canva is going into it without any kind of strategy or understanding of how to make it work for your brand. So, and this goes for anything really within the the communication space and, um, you know, content creation, that sort of thing. It's not just Canva. It could apply to any kind of tool that you're using within the marketing sphere. But going in there without any strategy or understanding of your identity or what makes up your identity in a visual term or a, um, you know, in terms of your brand voice, um, it can cause problems because, you know, with Canva especially, there's a lot of different templates, there's a lot of different things going on and people can tend to pick just whatever, a little bit willy-nilly and then suddenly, you know, Um, the brand message can get a little bit confused um, or it can look a little bit um, chaotic. Uh, So it is really important to, you know, you have a bit of a brand strategy in terms of colours and fonts and all those simple things um, before creating content in something like that. Yeah. Okay. So just like being consistent. What about how to combine fonts? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, and I think it comes down to some theory about clarity in what you're saying and um, font hierarchy. So uh, when I'm talking about clarity, I'm talking about can someone actually read this and understand it? Do they understand what the headings are and the hierarchy of what's important? So, So in terms of combining, yeah, like I combine a serif font with a really scripty font. Um, I only use that for specific headings um, and there's a really strict kind of rules around how I use that. Again, it comes back to having that, that style guide and, and, you know, understanding when you're combining fonts, it's really just a, probably a top level heading kind of thing that you're going to use that for. And, you know, like in a visual sense, they're usually quite, quite large and quite, you know, beautiful and take over the, I don't know, the visual aspect of something. Um, and then under that, you'll have your much, much smaller body copy, which gives it a very high end kind of, kind of look. So it's kind of less is more, I guess, is the approach with those. 
just using them sparingly. And in terms of, you know, if you're talking about don't combine two serif fonts, don't, yeah, don't combine two scripty fonts. Uh, it's not necessarily true. It's more about research and um, working out what's going to work for you and really developing that aesthetic. So I've got, for example, in my logo, I've got two serif fonts and one's, you know, one's quite large and one's a little bit smaller. It's just about, it's more about um, developing that um, unique aesthetic, I guess. Okay. So maybe not like strict rules so much as just thinking about how things are going to make sense and be clear to your reader. Yeah, exactly. All right. So for my students and clients who are looking to create their own opt-ins, do you have any tips for how to make a really nice branded opt-in that converts well and helps you promote your courses and products? Yeah, definitely. So I think um, first and foremost, it has to add value. Um, There has to be a reason for them to open that email and there has to be a few elements. So the, um, the adding value, um, there has to be a little bit of urgency in terms of getting a, a freebie or something like that. And you also have to sort of educate them on why, why your services or why um, your freebie is going to be of use to them and what they can get from that. So, so in terms of getting them through to the next stage of the funnel, I guess they're my, they're my tips in that sense. In terms of the visual the visual tips and the branding uh, for those opt-ins, it they don't have to be overly imagery based. I I do a lot of imagery because I'm a designer, and it's important for my audience to see you know, that I can do beautiful layouts and typography, and I know how to use those elements. So I do do um, that kind of thing. Um, but I think for a business owner that, you know, you might be doing an email every week or you might have several autom- automations that you need to set up. I think just a few, you just need to incorporate a few simple elements such as, um, you know, if you are doing your beautiful combination fonts or something, you know, have that as a lovely heading, um, you know, incorporate your brand colours, um, you know, keep your your font hierarchy in place uh, with your headings and your smaller text. Um, but mainly with email, ED, um, yeah, EDM marketing is you don't want too much text. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they, they write an essay in there and, you know, it's beautiful, it's wonderful content and there's a lot of value, but, you know, pe- everyone's time poor and they don't have time mm-hmm. to read that. So you've really got to encourage people very, very quickly to click through to the next, um, you know, to your website or your opt-in funnel or something like that. Um, you know, so you need to intrigue them. You need to give them some idea of the value that they'll get from clicking through um, in less than, I would say, 200 words or even less if you can. Um, super, super concise. Um, and Yeah, and I think what you talked about earlier is really important there too with that visual hierarchy because people do tend to skim so not having all your text is like only tiny text, but breaking it up into sections. I don't know. Do you, do you recommend kind of pulling out quotes and doing subheaders, that kind of thing? Yeah. So have a couple of um, headings, make it super, yeah, like I said, make it super scannable. Um, if you can do a couple of dot points, if it works for what you're talking about, um, consider doing that. Um, yeah. If there's a real, great value proposition that you can pull out in a quote um you know maybe pull out the 
best thing from that email or the thing that people are going to really um, remember. And um, that way, if they don't click through, at least they're remembering it and they're thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. What do you see kind of coming next for you and your business? Yes, yeah, so I'm anything- to education and more of um, passive income streams within my business. So moving into more um, targeted eBooks that work with people at different stages within their business life cycle, as well as possibly developing some courses to help people create and design their own content that is really um, on brand within their business. So that's coming up, possibly a little podcast. (laughs) So yes, a few things in the works. Oh, awesome. Well, that sounds great. And that is what we are all about. We love passive income products over here. So how did you, um, how did you come up with your idea for, I guess you said you're doing an ebook first? Uh, so originally, um, so I do have an ebook at the moment, which is my brand discovery journal. So the idea behind this one was I wanted a tool to start the process and I wanted something that people didn't have to feel like they had to commit to an entire branding um, you know, uh, branding package to be able to have access to this tool. So I, I developed it for those people who are at the beginning of this process to really work through um, and to go away and have a think about things. Maybe they're not financially ready to commit, but, it, you know, they could buy a $20 ebook and, you know, mull it over for a while. So um, that's originally why, um, why I started it. And as I, I was, uh, sorry, as I get feedback about the book, I've realised I need to develop more materials that are specifically for people at different stages. So that's um, that's where it's kind of heading at the moment. Okay, yeah, that sounds that makes sense. I love that kind of creating multiple tiers of products for people who are at different stages, and that's something we talk about all the time, especially when you're creating you know, your services are able to be flexible because as you're working with people, your services are always tailored to the person you're working with. But that's so important for passive products to really think about that specific person who each individual product is targeted for. And would you say, did your experience kind of working with people help you come up with that avatar or when you were deciding who you wanted to target it to? Like, why did you decide to start there? Uh, I did a lot of research in the beginning about how to offer a premium kind of service to people within business. Um, And a lot of what was coming up was this idea of workshopping um, and um, really going through that first before getting into the design um, side of things. So um, because I wanted to offer a kind of this kind of experience and make it a little bit more in depth. um, Yeah, I guess, that was that was my main reason, just to give a much much better experience to the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. So that sounds great. Um, if people want to work with you, if they want to find out more from you online, how can people connect with you? Yeah, so um, I've got my Instagram, which is at Ivy and L Studio, and uh, this is my main source for educating people and giving tips about. Um, you know, day-to-day working of business and how to um, keep your communications on brand. Um, and there's a few links there through to my resources if people want to dive a little bit further into specific areas. So that's my best source of, um, of help for people. 
Um, they can also connect with me through my website, which is um, www.ivyandlstudio.com. Um, and uh, what else? And Facebook as well, Ivy Nell Studio. So. Yeah. Sounds good. And uh, do you have any, I guess, what's one resource or book that's been really helpful to you as an entrepreneur that you want to share with others that you think might be helpful? Yeah. So um, a book I've been reading is called uh, The Game Changes and it's by um, Samantha Brett. She's a journalist here in Australia um, for one of our largest TV networks. Um, and she's profiled quite a number of um, really successful businesswomen. So Ariana Huffington, um, Meghan Markle, God, who else? There's so many in there, I'm just trying to think, but it's a really, really great inspirational resource. Um, and it really talks about their journey um, and where they started from and how they've got to where they are. So I would highly recommend reading, reading that one. And okay. it's a beautiful coffee table book too. So. Oh. Good. Love good coffee table books, <laughs> especially when they're actually like fun things you want to open and check out. So yeah, definitely. it's good. All right. Well, this sounds, this sounds good. I think we get a lot of good information here. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more, you can find me on Insta at train thrive grow and don't forget to leave a rating and review for this podcast in iTunes. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.